is Major Tom to Podcast World. I'm stepping through the dough. <laughs> and I'm drinking in the most peculiar way. And this stout looks very different today. For me, am I sitting in the drunk tank? Sitting in the drunk tank. <laughs> Far across the world. This fruited sour is blue, and there's nothing <laughs> I can do. <laughs> Welcome to Beer in a Movie! Oh my god. Hmm. Woo. Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we do things. You already know the intro. I'm not going to do the whole thing. Sure. Um, Beer, movies, put them together. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Yes. We, yeah. That's how it goes. Um, I, I'm very excited about uh, this episode. I've really put Joe and David through. This is a Carlos episode. Yeah. This, this, this is, is definitely. A Carlos episode, yeah. I've been, I've been campaigning for this one for a while, and that's I. How I remember it. It. It honestly, this feels weird. The, the glasses are too <laughs> feels dry. weird. It feels okay, weird because I didn't do the intro properly. It's fine. Oh, no, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get on track here. It was it was it was a good uh, novel. Uh, br- bring in some you know fun change up. Uh, <laughs> what going on right now? <laughs> the intro's different, and David has a surprise beer. Oh us. yeah, he didn't tell us. what He wouldn't one was. tell us what it was. Well, but I just glasses must be moist. This is one where I thought the the title of the beer, the name of the beer, matched. How I feel about this uh, this episode? Oh, cool. We're going oh. into it. Uh, it is from Westbrook Brewing, which I believe we have had beers from them before, or at least a beer. Joe Joe's looking up that information as we speak. Uh, but this is a, it's a tart tropical lassi inspired ale. Here we go. That they call lassi. How good this is. Let's see how good this is. Okay. Am, I, am I saying that yeah, properly? Yeah, so, it, you know, this is this is Carlos uh, forcing me, Dave, and Joe to watch a couple movies that he has great fondness for. One that I had seen, and we'll get to that in the second half, but one that I hadn't. And so... That's right. I forgot you hadn't seen this movie. Going into this, uh, you know, that was my attitude. Let's see how good this is. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and open this up and see how good Westbrook's... Uh, tart tropical lassi inspired ale with copious amounts of pink guava and tangerine pink puree, guava. Uh, rounded out with milk sugar and vanilla beans. Is. A stalwart adjunct on this podcast, pink right. guava. Back in episode forty-three, when we talked about Zombie Land, we had an evil twin West Westbrook Brewing collab. There we the go. Imperial Wedding Cake Break. Yes, yes, which was a, a, a very good one. And they're they're known for their stouts. They're known for a lot of their beers, but uh, but this is. One of the sours that they have. So I'm excited to try the beer anyway, and uh, certainly getting excited to, to talk films, as, as I always am. But uh, what, what are you getting? Uh, Carlos has already poured some. You, we you... also had the Westbrook Brewing Three Sons uh, collaboration Velvet Tuxedo when we did the Joker. So I'm sorry, it's... Joker. Is this the There's first no non-collaboration? The, oh shit! Yes, this is the I did, first. This I do have is the two Virgil cans. I wasn't port. sure how we were, were okay. faring out off of this first one. That's I fine. I feel confident. I think that we even had it one more time, but it's okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm getting. Let's see uh, how how good this is. Yeah. Let's I'm see get, how good this I'm is. I'm getting some kind of some of the funk that you can get from a sour sometimes. Yeah. Like it all can can something smell salty? Yeah. Uh, I think. I th- Hmm. I get what you mean. I, There's I, something I'm. I'm I getting, don't have words for. It's not bad necessarily. 
No. I don't have, but I don't know how to describe It's not, um, there, there are lots of beer buzzwords that we like to talk about or that mm-hmm. we like to use. Chewy is a good one for hazies and things yeah. like that. I don't know the buzzword for this. No, there, there's some, the but I know what lingo. you mean. There's something in the, it's not just juicy. I mean, I'm getting fruit in the nose, but I'm, but I'm also getting something else there that I'm not quite sure. And maybe that's the milk. Maybe they're trying to pull out some of the yogurtiness yeah. here because it is a lossy, right? It, it, How it, likely are you to have this conversation at like a social party where it's not all beer free? Far too likely. And it puts yep. people off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, far too likely, and that's why I'm not invited to parties. Yeah, so. welcome beer freak half of the audience. There's yeah. comfort in well, the overanalyzation of the nose of this beer. I'm neutral on it. We'll, we'll continue to sip on it and uh, develop our thoughts so I mean, that we you're can... getting the tropical certainly. Yes, yes, we can share those later. But um, but let's dive in and talk yeah. about this. Uh... How do we get here? Okay, so this uh, as you know, as I said. Uh, a few moments ago there uh, we talked about it in after hours like um, one time I think I asked you guys like what's some of your favorite use of like popular music in yeah. films yeah um, we've talked about specifically Bowie in films before too I think I don't know if that was on a bonus episode or on a main episode um, and we've talked a little bit I think again on bonus episodes more so than the main uh, maybe a little in main too um, just about quarantine viewing and things we've been watching uh, right you know that was probably a while ago when we did that um, and I believe w- was was this a post election or dur- during the election you were watching I, I feel like you talked about watching Mr. Deeds on Netflix yeah. one night where you're trying to avoid thinking man's entertainment e- yeah I think I think it might have even been the day oh, that what, election coverage really <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, if you bring up all the all the different counties here, you know, that's <laughs> that's all that the election covers. Anyway, uh, it might let me be, zoom in here. It might have been the night that Biden was by the majority of America uh, declared oh, president. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, ah, you know, I'm in like a good mood. I don't want to watch anything yes, like super dark that, yeah. or like anything that's what I just want something light and fun and like kind of carefree. Or and whatever. there it was and there for it was, you. Yeah. Boom, Mister. Period. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and I was like, I remember, you know, I liking it more than, uh, or I liked it more than I had remembered liking it in the past. Uh, and so we had started talking about it, and and then again, more uh, smooth brain, which actually it turns out there is an actual medical condition called smooth brain that can lead to some mental. Oh no, we got to back off this term. Huh? I don't think we have to back off. Might have to stop using smooth brain. <laughs> oh, um, one word can mean two different things. But that's true. I mean, there's a, the English right. language is written. It's like I could say I'm that. going to see the rapist or I'm going to see therapist and yes. you know, it's <laughs> sure. they're just different things, yeah. but they you, you know. should go see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> there's some syntactical differences, but uh, well we won't talk about that. Sure. Syntactical uh, maneuvering, yes. Yeah, and and in that probably in that same week there was another uh, movie that I had watched. Um, that again, or this one was more of like I had a fondness of it from you know previous viewings of it in my childhood and whatnot. Watching it again, and be like, man, this fucking holds up. And so that's what this episode is. <laughs> that's what this episode is. Is it? That, is, that should be the title, right, man? Uh, comma, this fucking holds this up. Fucking if holds I programmed up, this episode with what I have been watching in the same period of time, this would be a Mandalorian themed episode. Okay. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the screenshots of of of, of Rosario. Oh, Dawson spoilers! Spoilers! And, and, no. <laughs> um, 
that's a thing that's going on. It is, yes, it is, it is. David, what about you? If you programmed this episode based Uh on the fun uh, viewing that you've done in the last few weeks that was Uh, non-show related yeah that 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 honestly you asked me something like that and it just stumps me because i'm like well what have i been watching the past couple weeks i mean i I, we too have been watching the mandalorian so that we keep up with that week to week um you know there's probably been something else in there that the girls have have lobbied for i can't remember but i dominated their viewing this weekend with mr deeds and pirates of the caribbean so both, both i'm, I'm curious family friendly yeah. both were family friendly yeah curious to uh hear what they thought of these selections um Pirates of the Caribbean, I think we fought about on the show a couple of we times. We have fought about it a couple of times. Yeah. I, I think I specifically, I think David and I got into it a little more than you and I did about it. Um, but, you know, 1.5 million signatures on this, uh, the petition to get Amber Heard removed from Aquaman 2. So, I mean, the whole Johnny Depp thing's heating up as well. But that's second half. That's second yeah. half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so First you, half. Yeah. Let's uh, let's dive in. But it was to, literally to, I I want to do an episode where we discuss these two movies that I've recently watched and we've talked about on the program. Yeah, cuz yeah, cuz they right. have come up uh in our conversations of other films or some in some way or another. Right. And, and we quickly went to the new release calendar and we're like, "All right, let's do it." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we had a oh, we had an opening. I mean, today as we're recording this, from what I had seen, I don't, I haven't confirmed it by actually looking. Uh, that movie Freaky that I want to see is yeah. out, but obviously we couldn't watch it and then immediately. You know, right, there's not time. Right. So, so we had a we had a, a free uh, kind of a bye week uh, as far as new releases. And then on going. Facebook today, you posted, "I love to make David and Joe watch movies that they don't like." <laughs> I do with I the do. coming soon thing. I do, we, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> all right. Also, I hadn't really even thought it out this way because I'm very bad at like. I'll schedule different things, and they don't necessarily conflict, but I might not always understand that they're all happening in the same five-day period yeah. or whatever. Uh, I didn't, so this is another case of that where I didn't realize when this episode was going to fall, and it was it was falling during a very busy week for me. So it was perfect, uh, you know, very casual viewing for me um, that I didn't, you know, really have to think super hard about. But you've seen the title of this episode. You know what the what the deal is. We watch Mr. Deeds. Um, to give a quick synopsis, this is a somewhat of a remake of a 1936 Frank Capra film, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, which in turn is based on the 1935 short story Opera Hat by Clarence Buddington. Yeah, Buddington uh, Kelland. Um, <laughs> it's directed by Steve Brill, who also did Heavyweights, which is a magnificent film huh. uh, starring. Um, oh, God. Don't tell ben me Stiller. we have a future episode. <laughs> uh, Heavyweights is great. Heavy, Heavyweights I haven't is seen good. It. It is, it's, it's the first... Uh, it's basically like the um, incubation... La- or Yeah, it's the incubator for White Goodman's... The character White Goodman from Dodgeball. Oh. Ben Stiller is doing like a slightly less refined version of White... Or less specific okay. version of White Goodman in that, in that film. It's really funny. Anyway... Um, Everyone should go watch that. Uh, but yeah, it stars Adam Sandler, Winona Ryder, uh, and a few other... John Turturro. John Turturro being the third most notable, I feel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this uh, guy from a very small town in New Hampshire, which I believe is where Adam Sandler is actually from, the state of New Hampshire, yeah. um, who has never left the town, 
uh, owns a pizzeria, writes greeting cards that he's trying to sell. Has never sold one. Fa- um, yeah, right. Has he unsuccessfully uns- unsuccessfully writes, writes greeting cards, cards or yeah. unsuccessfully sells greeting cards. He successfully writes them. He completes a lot of them. He's, he's successfully um, like some sort of spoken word poet in his own pizzeria, reading yeah, these out to people him. where they love it. They yes, love yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, oh, also Steve Buscemi. Uh, anyway, um, well, it's an Adam Sandler film. It has to have Steve Buscemi and Con- a very contractually like it has by to law. have Rob Schneider, who is in it very sometimes. Yeah. Has Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are rules, David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate there it when are, they start messing with the rules. There are you know? rules. There are rules. Yeah. Are we in Sandland or not? I don't know. Adam Sandler movies have rules. Yeah, but turns out Longfellow Deeds, the character played by Adam Sandler, is the closest living relative to a recently deceased billionaire. These bigwig suit guys come to town and say, hey, Deeds, we have $40 billion for you. Uh, uh-huh. We don't need to talk about why it's such an absurd number. They could have picked any number. <laughs> it is a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, and they take him to New York so that, you know, for they he can be there under their supervision while uh, they draw up the paperwork f- to f- to take his control of this big media company. To buy out um, the small town rube. Yeah, for whatever purposes that they have or whatever. Um, but yeah. And then the rest of it is just him being there in this, like, it's a fish out of water story. Like, every story can come down to, like, three different, like, well, why not a broad narrative types. Um, but it's a fish out of water story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A why not a writer is an, is an important part. Um, but I am not going to speak too much on it because I have spoken on, about yeah. it on the podcast before. Yeah. And I will let whichever one of you wants to tackle this first. Uh, maybe David, since. I'm very interested to hear what you thought because you've never seen this film before. Mm-hmm. Also, before we we go there, I should mention that this is I'm not a I'm not really an Adam Sandler fan. Like in the grand scheme of things, like I don't think that anything before or after this film is really that good. Ooh. Um like Happy Gilmore is okay. Uh I thought Billy Madison was funny when I was like eight. Um <laughs> but little Nikki's fucking stupid, like most of the stuff he's doing around this time is fucking dumb, and mm-hmm. it doesn't hold up. And well, Punch Drunk Love was right after this. Punch Drunk Love, yeah, but <laughs> not. I, I'll go a, down this rabbit hole. A right movie, now. a Do movie you he's count in. Punch Drunk Love. Do you count uncut gems? No, because actually they Adam they constructed a robot that looks like Adam Sandler <laughs> no. to do the performance in Punch Drunk no. Love. Everybody knows it. It's clear. It's no, been worked into every com- Build a Burger conspiracy no. theory that we've it is. seen. Yes, listen, we've listen. been on QAnon too much. <laughs> yeah. Listen, George Soros. <laughs> oh, listen. I was on Wayfair this afternoon. I almost bought my own Adam Sandler. <laughs> I've seen it. I, my point just simply being that <laughs> when Adam Sandler does the off Adam Sandler brand type of film, which is, there's a handful of them. The, we the, could list them. The but, difference is the Happy Madison production. Well, I think it's also the, I was going to say the target audience, but then I did see a lot of press about how Adam Sandler was having to say to his typical audience, well, give, it, give it a chance. Give, mm-hmm. Watch the whole thing. Uncut Gems or Punch Drunk Love? Uncut Gems. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a Happy Madison production. Sure. And I think when we talk about what is an Adam Sandler movie and mm-hmm. what is a movie Adam Sandler is in, it comes down to that, like, basic, like, credit. is like, is it a Happy Madison production or not? Like, a Happy right. Madison production is an Adam Sandler helmed film. And it helps if Tim Herlihy is the writer. 
So that that we have on this project, because uh, he was also the writer on Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, Water Boy, blah blah blah. You know, like he's written. Wedding Singer doesn't do a lot for me. Well, I'm just telling you, these are well, classic Adam. Sa- that is a classic whether or Adam not Sandler. you like them. Those are canonical right. a- yeah, yeah, Adam yeah, Sandler yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. So canonical, I think, yeah, no, <laughs> I think he correct. has his crew of people. Right? Yeah. You have yeah. Sandler. You have we've already mentioned Schneider, Bushimi. Uh, or Busimi, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I just learned that recently. The, uh, you know, the, these people he likes working with who are kind of like, you know. And, and the audience enjoys seeing again and again. Some, yeah. Nope. And the, <laughs> you some. can do it. And, people, and you laugh every time. No. No. I no, actually, I no. Waterboy does not work for me. Uh, you know, it's. I have a different, it, it's funny. I mean, I think it's in part how you come to these films, where you are in your life and in your head and, and emotionally, psychologically. I don't know. We all know there's a weird chemistry that goes along with watching films, especially, I think, films that are as dumb as Adam Sandler films. I And they are very dumb. I like Adam Sandler. I grew up watching Adam Sandler. SNL Adam Sandler years were prime years for me to be entering into my SNL fandom and getting into those, you know, and him with Farley. You know, like, so there's something of a, you know, I hold him on a certain kind of pedestal. And my early experiences with him in film, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore being the two major features early on, came during high school for me. They were laugh-out-loud riotous films to go see with groups of friends. They were anarchistic. They were anarchistic. Yes, I mean, they were, Billy Madison for sure. And, yeah. and Happy Gilmore reined it in a little, but just a little. Um, but, you know, after those two films, it really was kind of a steady decline uh i did like the wedding singer okay but once we hit Waterboy, Waterboy was almost like a wake-up call for me that like i don't want to watch stupid movies if i don't have to sometimes like and it was probably part of me being in college at that point and wanting to think of myself a different way and getting into different kinds of films or whatnot but like watching a grown man babble and maybe do an impression of somebody who's mentally handicapped and or has some sort of weird arrested development thing like that didn't seem funny to or, me or, or a, it seemed painful a violent rage yeah it just it yeah, was yeah. it was not fun so so i kind of cooled off and that was in that period where this came out little nicky there were few now Big punch Daddy. drunk love Big got Daddy, my interest yeah. because of paul thomas anderson yeah the and it presented and, and it presented purposefully so adam sandler as a completely different thing. The opposite of what you're seeing. Right. Which I loved. And so again, look, I... Look, he has abilities yeah. that ha- haven't transcended into the comedy that he's We can presented. use this energy that he can bring to the screen in different right. kinds of Proper stories director, to perhaps, tell yeah. something different than what a typical Adam Sandler movie is. Sure. So, so I think, yes, it's a good point that you make. That we should divide between those films that are really like Happy Madison productions that are part of his you know, circle coming together yeah. to make these films. And then these films that like a uh, Punch Drunk Love or an Uncut Gems, where... The Meyerwood Stories is another great example. Right, where it's more like, a, or Spanglish, a filmmaker yeah. who has a voice outside of that circle wants to bring Adam Sandler into it. And funny people, you know, yeah. we, which we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. So, funny you know, I think... So I think there are these two kind of things. Now, this is clearly an Adam Sandler film. And like I said, it came during a period that I wasn't that interested in seeing those kind of films. Um, I've dabbled over the years, but but getting the chance to go to this one, I tried to go in with as open a mind as I could, and it just didn't work. I just could not get into this film. I, I mean, I found some things amusing. 
But what, what, the, tell me, it's not. I it's, bet we agree. What did I think was amusing? Yeah, what was the one? The, uh, the, you have to talk about John Turturro in this film. God, he's so good. I I like him. Okay, but uh, you know, okay, th- this is JB Smooth. Let, let's yeah, JB Smooth in a small part was kind of nice. It was like, oh, that was him before yeah. I even knew who he was. Yeah, yeah, but, doing the doing. Like the, the elevator, cheesy, like oh, it's got its ups and downs. Yeah, which is funny because it's like obviously so like hackneyed. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, it, that was a good moment. Yeah. It's a, th- there's some good moments in there, you know. And there's he has some good chemistry with some of the people. I think he and Turturro have good chemistry, but the Turturro character kind of puts me like for one thing, I've always had a little bit of a problem with him playing Jesus Quintana in Big Lebowski. It's like why am I watching? an Italian-American guy do this, like, weird Hispanic pedophile thing. And then seeing that in this film where he's playing another Hispanic character... He's not... Well, I mean, I guess he's Hispanic. Who's a foot fetishist, who's also, like, a sneaky... The which part which is, funny. is funny until you realize, wait, but that's like basically you're you're a stalker, you're, or you're you're hiding in people's houses, and I. I think you're reading I, way too yeah, far into this. I just couldn't find it funny. I just yeah. couldn't like. I thought I it was the way he could, got around the mansion. I knew yeah. it could be funny, but I didn't think it was. funny. He's been there 35 years. Nobody knows that okay. place better than him. He's yeah, like, yeah, you, and, you and nobody underestimates sneakiness. And his dad hired him, but never told him he was his dad. And he's been hanging out there for 35 years, serving his dad, never having known it was his dad. Like that, but having a lot of esteem and love and respect for, for this man for who. Man. Never acknowledged him as his flesh and blood. It, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it's a really David, lovely. David, David, it David. makes. I mean, I mean, look. It, it makes can't sense. Think can watch this movie well, for five seconds. Well, hold on, hold on. It makes perfect sense that this a white billionaire would not acknowledge a bastard child. That well, shit happens. That often. is a, that is a riveting story that I would love to see told. This is just swept under the rug as if it didn't happen. Like we're celebrating when we find out. Yay! He was his son. Wait. No, he was making you fucking. No, no we're not celebrating. We're, not. we're celebrating the the company is intact, and, and that a good person won, an and that we've robbed here. forty billion from the United Negro College Fund. Don't forget that. that That's was, a beautiful. That, that was thing an that insane gets, thing to do. <laughs> oh, that. Hope they didn't cash that check. I wanted, yeah, I hope not. I, I wanted to do the math and see. Could I mean? Could you pay for every single African American? college tuition with that amount of money that's a fuck ton of money i know but then to be snatched for generations you could i i mean i think you'd be able to take care of i i I don't know i i didn't want to get into the like minutiae of what doesn't make sense in the film but i think because you don't have to right these are anarchic comedies and billy madison i don't don't care at this point is there a is there a penguin there or not? No, there's no penguins in his mind. Like, is that is his uh, housemaid really sexually attracted to him or not? It doesn't matter. It's kind of funny that they play with that and they do. You know, yeah, she so, probably is. So I want to be I want to be able to just kind of go into it that way. But even when I do, the chemistry is not there. And in particular, the chemistry is not there between Ryder and no. and Sandler. No, their their scenes together, I just there was no connection See, between the, them. The, the, I was anticipating this. Same criticism, but then it's like we're we're talking about a Happy Madison film, y'all. So do we even do? Does it just get a pass for requiring a level of not just the rule? We right. see that we see the Adam Sandler formula so loudly on mm-hmm. screen that I can't smooth brain with this film because I'm seeing all of the cracks. 
But I sure could with Happy with ha- uh, Happy Gilmore or yeah. Billy Madison. I right. love I love those movies. I love the simple and I love the. I don't love Billy Madison Cheapness, until the end. You know? I think but, we may need to rewatch that one again. No, I don't think maybe. we do. I think that we have hit onto something that explains to us why Adam Sandler is always jockeying for the number one highest paid celebrity based upon the number of sheer mass number of people that love his movies mm-hmm. and wait for the next Netflix one because well, there's a reason why me. he has those that contract. But there's also a reason why we didn't do Halloween Hubie or whatever it's called Hubie during Halloween, October yeah. when that was a new release in October. That might have been right. a fun way to bring a, a second film in that was a comedy sure. horror thing. There's a reason why we didn't, and that's because we all watched the trailer and all said it looked like shit. I mm-hmm. wanted to see it, and so I, you can speak for yourself. I have See, and that's the other thing. is like the, Between the three of us, we haven't agreed on... I know we all agree on Uncut Gems and the one, you know, Punch, Punch Drunk, Drunk Love. Yeah. I think we do. Not yeah. a Happy Madison production, though. Uh, uh, but when it comes to Happy Madison, there's three guys in here that don't agree on several of the movies. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a testament to how Adam Sandler has really, you can admire it or not, but you have to observe that he has, because I, I didn't care for this movie much. Mm-hmm. I cared for parts a lot. Okay, and Adam Sandler does that to you. Also, you laugh so loud at that one scene that you almost forgive the entire movie for not being as great. Time heals all wounds, except these crazy eyes. <laughs> See the crazy that's eyes fun. character. Does, I love Steve Buscemi very much, but that character doesn't work. I like the pop ins. I like the pop ins later. Where oh look, there yeah. he is. Yeah, and well, the car crash is. at the end. That the was a funny punch. Funny. That yeah. made me laugh yeah. out loud. Yeah, yeah. that car was, crash funny. was funny at the yeah. end. Um, but I was going to say. He, I was having a conversation with my fiance about this because when I told her the films that we were watching, she said, oh, "I love Mr. D. This one, that's probably my favorite one of the Adam Sandler films." Wow, interesting. So after I watched it and after I began gathering my thoughts and how we talked this out, I, I went and talked to her and I, I said, what, 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 "What do you like about it?" <laughs> mm-hmm. And she said, "I don't really remember because I saw it when it came out, but mm-hmm. I remember feeling like he had shed the hostile rage part." Of the mm. earlier characters. Okay. And that's when I connected. I explained the smooth brain concept. Yeah. She said that I was smooth brain braining through Mr. Deeds. Yeah. I wasn't. I was seeing all of the flaws. Yeah. And I, well, we don't have to delve too yeah. deep into that. I can't imagine. But, but it has to do with what David said at the very beginning. Where I am right now with the pieces, my age, my life experience. Yeah. And that we can apply that to Adam Sandler films. My respect for him goes up in some weird way. I mean, I definitely didn't see this movie at an age where I would have been able to pick out the like pick the pieces apart. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't right know enough about him or his you know history of films that he had done or right. whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think that part of this for me is. It's just nice to see like a couple of like reasonably decent people do okay and like be okay, you know. Who are the reasonably decent people? Longfellow and John Turturro's character. Okay, they're both like I, oh, good. Both you weren't good people. If you had tried to lump Babe in there, no, of course not. I, She's a sociopath. Okay, then why is it even f- good that she ends up with him at the like? That's 
I don't because because it shows that if you are a good person and you set a good example, you can have a positive effect on the world. Okay. He's had a positive impact on her life where she has reevaluated her priorities right. and realizes that all of these it's like the it's the speech he gives at the end. You made a compromise yeah. and then you made another compromise and that's how she ended up wanting to be Walter Cronkite to being a tabloid journalist. Right. And so you see her come to that realization that she has sacrificed so much of what she thought she believed in mm-hmm. just for the sake of like gainful employment or like coming up and like, you know, right. whatever. Right. Um, there are some, there are some bad jokes at her expense, like the shoes bit or whatever, which like, even though I can relate to that, like if I had a lot of expendable income, I also probably would spend it on shoes, but it's like <laughs> such a typical, like, Oh, I'm a woman. I have so many pairs of shoes, you know, yeah, whatever of this yeah. time. And there are a couple of other kind of bad, you know, insensitive jokes at certain characters expenses or whatever that I can see as being like in very poor taste, Yeah, but it's still not enough of the movie hinges on those things. They're really throwaway lines yeah. for me. It doesn't no, like, ruin I'll, I'll the entire thing. But, I agree with that. But as I was watching it, I just like this most recent time, which was yesterday, uh, in preparation for this, you know, I just, the world is a fucked up place. And part of, I think, what, there are just, there are so many people that are, that do things specifically just for like, um, you know, personal gain, whether that be money or power or stature or stature or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. just capitalism in and of itself is an inherently exploitative system. So the people that are successful in that are successful in it because they exploit other people. Mm-hmm. And that's just how the world works. Like everything is pretty fucked up all the time. And in this movie, you get a couple of people who are just genuinely decent human beings that end up having something good happen to them, which is just a nice reprieve from the fucking shitstorm that we live in on a daily basis. Like that's what this movie does for me. And uh, there was something else I was about to say. And she, she also that. explained to me that she'll smooth brain with the Hallmark Channel stuff. Yeah, it sounds and like it's Kylie. so pervasive right now. The sure. Christmas, it's oh, a whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she uh, told me that. Oh my god! But then this one came on. It was such a piece of garbage. <laughs> it was it was so quality poor. And I said, "That's well, a well, that's well, that's well, like the bar has been lowered, and then you've gone even lower." Well, than that's that low how bar. I feel about some of the elements of this film. I mean, <laughs> I mean especially like script and characterization, and the mm-hmm. fact that Winona Ryder, I, I called in a favor to get this role because this is not the kind of role that works for Winona Ryder at all. I think it's a. I think it is a very reason why she doesn't do romantic comedies in a in a more broad way. Not to my knowledge. I think it's a very interesting decision for her, and I definitely was thinking that, especially in the early scenes, uh, where she's just in the office being like kind of shitty Babe Bennett before she even tries to fake being wholesome Babe Bennett. She always, Um, but she's introduced as clumsy and kind of not and messy. Yeah, yeah. also, I realized well, and this, was, and and this was right before her hiatus, too. I mean, yeah. this was like the last film she did before she went off the rails and stopped acting and got caught shoplifting and, you know, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I do remember that. who knows what was guiding. And she had backed out of a number of film projects, yeah. that, you know, over her no, career. I'm talking about the choice that Winona Ryder was a good lead against Sandler for the romantic comedy. Oh, you mean the choice of the casting, for, like the casting yes, choice the on their part, not her part her. in taking it. Oh, yes, okay, I believe okay, that's that she was. Well, I'm glad we've cleared that up by the producers yeah. of the film. 
I mean, she was a name. She was as big a name as he had ever been paired with, other than Drew Barrymore, I guess. The Drew Barrymore pairing works a lot. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. Even though I don't particularly care for that. Well, Drew Barrymore works in romantic comedies, or has in the past. I mean, she's been able to do that. Winona Ryder, I think you're right, Joe. She didn't have a track record for that, and I don't know. It's not her wheelhouse. No, she's, she's spooky. She's quirky. She's weird. She's got that strange, unknowable quality to yeah. her as much as she seems kind of bubbly on the surface at times. I mean, yeah. Although I, she's good in Reality Bites. I'm thinking this through okay. over but here. But again, the strange yeah. mysteriousness. It, yeah, but, but, yeah, but, but that's comedy, not a But that's role. not a straight-up romantic comedy anyway, either. Yeah. Anyway. It's not as um, broad a comedy as this is. I also think another reason that this movie appeals to me is because I do often fantasize about living a somewhat like monkish kind of lifestyle and i think the um like aesthetic or just general ethos of like really and i mean like like not you know uh like real small town like a couple of thousand people small town living Uh fits in with that a little bit like just a bunch of people that have everything they need and live outside of like these wants and desires of excess and things that come from living in a more metropolitan Mm -hmm. city and are just like you know what i like this pizza spot i go there every week right and i go to this job that pays me enough money to pay my mortgage and pay my car and phone bill and my cable bill Mm -hmm. and you know i have my friends that i hang out with and that's enough you know it, it and, it's it's idyllic small town america is, is, I, is what you're getting a slice of yeah. i mean well but it's like it doesn't exist that way anymore because we have the internet and everybody can be constantly yeah. looking at like what could be or what they could have right. or what other people have that they don't and like whatever and here you have this is like well and it and as many films that we love remind us it never did exist that way and what what we've yeah. seen are depictions of this idyllic life that that for for many people may have existed in some way but didn't exist for everybody that way, even yeah. those living in the small towns. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that, but, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, there's, there's something beautiful about what's being depicted with Longfellow Deeds and his fellow Mandrake Falls residents and, that are and all just the community they have. They all just I mean, want the best for each it other. It is almost a utopia. I mean, yeah. the idea that this guy would give up all these riches just to be a regular old pizza shop owner who writes hackneyed greeting card uh verse bring the beers <laughs> you know there, there's something i nice love about that it, part but it just doesn't yeah I, I i wish this film worked better yeah. than it does um for me and i definitely understand how it could for somebody and i think even under the right circumstances had i been in an air-conditioned movie theater in the summer of 20 uh, 2002 and loaded up on popcorn and diet coke or whatever the fuck i was drinking (laughs) i may have enjoyed it greatly and had some good laughs with friends but watching it 18 years later on my couch in my living room trying to justify it to my daughters who could even see the flimsiness of it (laughs) didn't didn't sit well yeah it is a very very thin plot and very they've got you as a dad that's uh (laughs) teaching them as you go i can only imagine have you seen mr deeds goes to town the Frank Capra. No, I haven't. I haven't either. No. I I almost tried to make time to, to do it, but I did not get around to watching yeah. it for this. I, I'm, I'm curious. And yeah. all these years, I've never really... I feel like at some point, we're going to have to do that, like <laughs> in After Hours or something. Um all right, so that's the first half of the Carlos Fueled. What have I been watching? Right, and and, uh, and it's a healthier discussion than I expected. We, I don't hate it. 
I just, no, I just I was I, I told I told David I saw David on Saturday and I said I was concerned oh. about this episode mm. uh, because I just wasn't sure that I had n- enough to say about these things, you know, because <laughs> like other than just like I like them and I think they're good fun movies, mm-hmm. you know. Like well, this episode could have just been that, but. and sometimes that's all you need. And I think in the right circumstances, that's, I think that's what what I hear from Joe. What I'm hearing from myself is that I can see the ingredients there that have worked for mm-hmm. me other times, but it doesn't right now. And I think maybe because I'm putting such scrutiny on it, maybe well, it because I'm viewing it. Through this I mean, as I walked through the Sandler journey, yeah. and I yeah. was a participant in it, mm-hmm. he, I have I was fizzling out hard. Mm-hmm. And then my fiance goes, "I think Big Daddy was next," and that was just horrible. It you was know? just I mean, before, there, but okay. uh, I. I'm surprised that you just. I'm surprised either of you found it in yourself to think about this movie. <laughs> I mean, no, uh, no. Adam Sandler was a Hollywood force. It is, and and, and David and I were both movie weirdos that were following the career of one of the biggest stars of the time. Really, that's you know, I don't follow it any longer until something pops and yeah, nothing's um, popping. I've seen more Sandler in the last year than I've seen. Yeah. In a very long, long time. time. He did a yeah, Western yeah. on that Netflix deal. Yeah, I tried to uh, watch We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Just bad. That's the one that got a lot of Native American backlash, right? The, uh, the depiction mm-hmm. of yeah. Indians. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I removed yeah. it from my feed. All right. Oh. So, wait, hey, but, you know. We, let's see how good this is. Though. Let's see how good it is. What, what, you know, I, I the the slight strange uh, odor. <laughs> now I'm in making sense. But the, the thing that Carlos and I were, were kind of talking about as we yeah. were just getting into it it didn't really present a problem for me when i was drinking it like w- once i got to drinking it it's fairly tart um i think the tropicalness is there i was definitely getting mango there there's kind of a nice pillowy mouthfeel i think from the lactose i don't know altogether i think it's a pretty darn good um riff on the lassi concept uh for this beer what is that concept exactly I the mango lassi or the, these it's like an indian um, almost like a milkshake, yeah. but it's yogurt based, uh-huh. and so it's yogurt sweet. Usually, mango is what I've usually had, but I think it can yeah. be made with other fruits. They're popular when you go uh, eat at a an Indian food restaurant that makes them really well. Okay, there's good yeah. ones and there's not so good ones, but it's interesting. If you just rewound to the last segment that we did, the second half of last week's episode, we drank that tropical. Uh, sour Girl, well. be hungry. <laughs> I wasn't gonna sing it because I'm not the that, editor. Now here. that one, but that one was uh, the IPA. That was an Correct. IPA. It was, but yes. the tropical, but had pink guava. Yeah. The guava, the literally had the same guava. Pink guava. You put these two on a tropical pairing mm-hmm. episode with a couple of tropical films, yeah. tropical Captain location Ron. films. Jesus. <laughs> oh, you didn't see that one coming, did you? Hey. Uh, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. I'll, I'll take Kurt Russell when I can get him. Uh, this wins. This tropical oh, yeah. comes through really good, really well, and the sour uh, is a better complement than that IPA that they were doing. Okay, last, last, yeah, and last I think week. that I, I also this think... is a delicious beer. I'm glad I didn't have that uh, nose problem that y'all did. Yeah, it, it is. This, it this is, went down great. It, yeah, it's a delicious beer, and the the lactose really. <laughs> Come, like <laughs> it, it gives it, it gives it, it gives Ninja it a lactose. It gives it a wonderful, velvety kind of yeah. mouthfeel yeah. uh, in a way where its heart can usually yeah, be right. like real bubbly and like kind yeah. of dance and on your, you know, mm-hmm. on your taste buds. This one is real smooth. It just kind of hangs out. It's on island time, brother. <laughs> you know, and so I, I, I 
big fan, big fan of this right one. Right on. And I, if I remember correctly, and uh, you know, you can go back and call me on this one. Uh, I think I've liked everything that we've had from Westbrook. All yeah, that, flavors, I think we I all think have I had a bad one. So, yeah. um, definitely would recommend all find right. it. Uh, well, we are at segments end. Uh, when we come back, we'll was be that g- a reference to? It was at World's End, yeah, right? You know, that yeah. was one of the other yeah, pirates yeah. films. I got you. I got you. Um, <laughs> so now that my segue has been totally dissected, um, we're going to go take a break, and when we get back, material to the episode. I just didn't see it coming. Oh, when we get back. Sure are. We are back for another torturous half of beer in a movie. No, no, come on. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be cracking wise and <laughs> uh, killing flies. I don't know what I don't know what the hell that. But we we are gonna be <laughs> we are gonna we be tried. cracking. We wise tried because we yeah we're not improvers uh, yeah. improvisers. Uh, we we are going to Wise Man Brewing, and I believe this is our first time visiting this brewery. They are out of Winston Salem, North Carolina. This is a New England-style India pale ale that they make, dry hopped with citra and motuika. It is called Conceited Genius 2.0. so glad 2. you know how to say that hop name. Yeah. <laughs> Conceited Genius 2.0, which I didn't do the research. Was there a Conceited Genius 1.0 that, that we've skipped over? It could be. Maybe they... Had to have been. Yeah, they, they probably adjusted kind the of recipe. Anarchist, what kind of agents of chaos would go straight to 2.0? Right, right. <laughs> Um, certainly not geniuses. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody would do that. So, uh, be, being conceited as we are, and thinking that our opinions about movies are, are worth anybody's time, uh, <laughs> I thought this would be a great beer for us to drink as we think about and talk about the uh, the beginnings, the the very beginning of the film version of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. That being Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl. So let's go ahead and get some of this in our glasses. There's an interesting quote around the top of the label. The uh, Louisa May Alcott one. You have a good many little gifts and virtues, but there is no need of parading them. For <laughs> conceit spoils the finest genius, Louisa May Alcott. Right. 6.1%. Not bad, not bad. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely uh, on the lighter end of IPAs that we drink, but I'll take it. 6.1%. I thought you were going to say color-wise, because I'd say it's like right in the middle there. It's definitely hazy. Yeah. As opaque as they come. Ah, uh, this is going to be an interesting one to talk about. I've taken my first taste. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Get on the edge of your seats, everybody. Uh, huh. So, here we are. Another film that I have a great fondness for. Uh, 2003's American fantasy swashbuckler film, as uh, stated by Wikipedia, by Gore Verbinski, who also did The Ring, uh, The Phenomenon. Yeah, the Mexican. Uh, uh, oh, really? I think so. My God. Uh, Rango. Yeah. Um, um, and the underappreciated Mouse Hunt. I remember that film. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> with uh, House. 
No, isn't What's isn't that guy's isn't it Nathan Lane with Hugh Laurie? Hugh Laurie? Uh, is he in Bell's No, I think I think That's Nathan Stuart Lane. I think it's Nathan Lane. Yeah, Stuart Little. Yeah. Right. Uh, who his first? Uh, yeah, it's Nathan Lane and Lee Evans. Whoever Lee yeah. Evans is. Ooh, and you know what he followed Walken. this up with, right? The Mexican? No, that was before this. Oh, oh, you mean before Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, what he followed up Pirates of the Caribbean with? Um. A Nick Cage movie, yeah, right? The Weatherman. The this Weatherman. is one I haven't seen, uh, mm. but now, especially knowing the connection, I, I, I must. The Weatherman. Music by Hans Zimmer. Whew. My God, <laughs> buckle up. The Weatherman people. is a much beloved film. Check it out. Okay. All right. Uh, a cure. This guy did a cure for wellness, which was a, a movie that I didn't get a chance to see, but that looked really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, so so Gore Verbinski yeah, has sorry. obviously had a a great career uh, working with a great He's many a lot of stuff, yeah, yeah. But but uh, this definitely was probably the the film that put him on the map in terms of those big blockbuster properties. Yeah. Right? Got to be the, his biggest budget, right? I would think at least at the time. I mean, probably the sequels got bigger, got, yeah. but yes, but uh, like the franchise of itself, like nobody has ever given him right. this much money to make a movie before, right? Um, but okay, so I think, please, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, first movie we've reviewed that's uh, adapted from a theme park ride. Oh God, I'm supposed uh, to do that job? <laughs> which which I, you have a special column. Okay, hold for, on. Which Garbage you know? Pale Kids doesn't count. No, we didn't do it. Mario <laughs> Brothers, the... It's a video game, not a, video a theme ride. park ride. So of our adaptation, I'm going back to that adaptation episode that we did. Uh, I think... Th- yeah. <laughs> Okay, no. Was is it? Yeah, this is it. I think this we're is it. Okay. Transforms, um, no? Well, we're good. So, yeah, it is uh it is a movie, uh a pirate movie as you would uh imagine that is uh based off of uh, or that it fo- it follows a kind of how would you describe him? Underachieving, uh, maybe. Uh, I would just call him eccentric. Uh, eccentric pirate Jack Sparrow played yeah. by Johnny Depp, uh who in attempts to commandeer a vessel, uh, crosses paths with one Will Turner, played by Orlando Bloom, in the midst of this siege by these More pirates. like Borlando Room, am I, I right? Yes, you are right. Fuck Orlando Bloom. <laughs> I find him to be incredibly uninspiring and just generally... <laughs> you know, just, eh, I, not you. You're not going to find any love for Orlando Bloom. Okay, here. all right, good. Um, good. Outs, outside of, I guess, his performances. Not that I he. Not that he does anything for me necessarily in this movie, but he's not bad in it to mm. distract me from the things that I like about it. Um, but yeah, uh, he's a place filler. He's a place filler. And he does a job. Yes, he does, and he does it adequately. And that is as much praise as I will give. When him. he is still and doesn't speak, he's a pretty man. Yeah. What? Sure, I guess. <laughs> I personally do not necessarily agree. I don't find him to be that handsome. I find I him believe to be kind that of I didn't say handsome. I said pretty. God helped okay. him get cast sure. in this role. Oh, get him get cast in it. It's the only reason he has a career. We're not getting into Orlando <laughs> Bloom stuff right now. I'm still synopsizing the film. Uh, I, I, don't, the, I can't the, speak for David, but I feel like this is going to be a long synopsis. <laughs> I'm trying to finish. Okay, okay. Wait. The uh, Yeah, so the Cursed Crew of the Black Pearl comes, sieges, plunders, because... Uh, the Keira magical medallion. The magical medallion. Uh, Kira Knightley's character, Elizabeth Swan, she falls in the water with it. It sends this beacon to them. Uh, they're cursed pirates because they took some cursed treasure and they uh, 
can never satiate their hunger nor quench their thirst nor feel any kind of satisfaction or joy. They can't die, but they're not alive, yada, yada, yada. Some would say um, that makes them more human than any humans ever been. Okay. But, and a lot uh, of the until, food, they're zombies. No, they're skeletons. Very different. Um, but they have to return <laughs> all 812 pieces of Cortez's cursed gold to the chest in which they found it in order to lift the curse. Elizabeth right. Swan uh, being the last unspoken for piece of gold. Um, right, having that, yeah. Yeah, and it has to be returned with the blood of the person who took it from the chest, right. uh, which she lies about her last name, blah, 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 blah. Um, slightly more complicated setup than I had ever really thought about before now that I'm trying to say it succinctly. Um, but... It's a fucking pirate movie, you know? Uh, It's a fantasy swashbuckler film. Uh, Jeffrey Rush, also, we didn't talk. He's Captain Barbosa, the crew of the cursed pirate ship. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that Jonathan Price, yeah. (laughs) You know what Jonathan Price did? Of two popes. Uh, He was a perfect Jonathan Price. He was good. I mean, he was good at he was good at what Who he was. Who are we going to get to play the Jonathan Price role? Well, Jonathan Price right, may be we available. Can, we can well, get well, let's, get well, let's, let's do that. Will he yeah. wear a wig? Yes. He's <laughs> oh, he's done it many times. Uh, he's. I mean, he's good at doing what he needs to do in this movie. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. he's he's fine. The guy who plays uh, what's his dick. Um, the Commodore? Oh, fuck, the Commodore, thank you. I can't remember what his name is the off the top of my head right now. Um, Commodore Norrington. That guy's a proper twat, and he's really good at doing it. Yeah. Um, but, okay, what do you... Okay, so let's talk about this film. What do you want from a pirate movie? You want... Swashbuckling. I'll tell you. Some good versus evil. You want some cannon fighting ship stuff happening. People jumping from ship to ship. You want some buried treasure. You want some buried treasure. You want some good sword fights. Sure. And you probably want some people in, you know, very period, inaccurate uh, corsets that, you know, accentuate certain parts of their body that would not have been, you know, prominently displayed at that point in time. The Everybody. Everybody in, like, these, like, kind of... um, Hollywood blockbuster um, period pieces. They always have these ridiculous clothes on that the people would not have. What's a good pirate movie besides this one? There's very few. <laughs> See, I was good. You say, what do you want in a pirate movie? I don't. Want I just don't want it to be made. Yeah, That's I like no, I, I don't mind a pirate movie being made. I, I just like good movies, and if one happens to be a pirate movie, I'll. Yeah, but I just haven't seen one. Pirates. I'll fight you. It's not a pirate movie. Dude, one that Willie flies. It's not a pirate movie. No. Swashbucklers. Doesn't count. I've never seen a pirate movie that I've liked. It is a milieu, a setting that I just have never found interesting. And that may well be a flaw with me i mean i sounds like it yeah i'm not saying that this is and it can't be for a genre that shouldn't exist but for me it doesn't lore in pirates that people clearly like hook is a bad yeah but hook has got the fan hook is more fantasy with never never land and the flying well this is also very fantastical no there is a pirate character in hook it is goonies pirate-esque not a hook yeah no we've talked about and you like goonies 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 is a coming-of-age adventure film. It's mostly about the kids on a quest. And yes, they end up being at a place that has pirate treasure. And, you know, and there are some ships Mm -hmm. and 
I get it. I get why you're even saying that that could. But to me, it's like uh, we should talk about this more. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Yeah, what are we going to talk about otherwise? Uh, okay, so I don't. So really, David, okay, you and so I swashbuckler agree starring Robert Shaw. Market for a new pirate movie necessarily quickly, but if you're gonna give us one, this movie gives us a lot of the things that you'd expect to see no, in it, a pirate movie. It has all the things you'd think. I saw this when it came out yeah. because it was being raved about. Because it was, it was like, huge. this is this movie was who would have thought? I mean, this was a total. Um, it felt like a gamble on the part of Disney to say, "Let's take one of our amusement park rides and retrofit it into a film uh, series." Right. It's an like, insane thing to do. That it, has nothing much seemed... to do with the original ride. I rode that ride. There yeah. was no Captain Jack Sparrow. No, there was no, no. zombies. I mean, right. it was. You know, right? Singing drunk so pirates. So it, it was a bold move, one that seemed somewhat foolish. But then it comes out and it starts getting great reviews. Audiences are flocking Makes to it. It's making all the money. Yeah. And so I went to go see it at the drive-in with, with, with my lady friend, and we both Sarah know about this. <laughs> she happens to be the lady friend, <laughs> and we both fell asleep during it. Oh and, my god! <laughs> and so for years, my my recollections of they Pirates of the Caribbean were like, yeah, it was kind of a dark movie. It was at the drive-in, so that the yeah. illumination was not great. But it's kind of dark. I it couldn't make all that much out. It seemed really slow paced and kind of like slow for something paced. that was action based should have had more action to That's it. Interesting. And That's very watching interesting. it, watching it again now, not falling asleep, totally staying awake with through the daughters? entire thing with my daughters yeah. and 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 my wife sure. I, I, now. She's back. Um, what? <laughs> still, still with me after all to, these years. Um, I just I feel the same way. It is not like there are action scenes in there. This film is at least an hour longer than it needs to be. Do not even try to defend a that. A lot of stuff. Do, do not even try. <laughs> it didn't need to. Agreed. It, I mean, <laughs> there is so much shit that could be cut from this film. There was it, some like kind what? of effect. There was some kind of special effect. There yeah. was some kind of. Uh, yeah, just the sitting and yeah. germinating and the developing these characters. We don't fucking care about characters. They're all going to be slicing each other up and jumping off of ships onto characters. other ships and stuff. Like, get to that part. I don't yeah. know. The, the, well, the wide I audience... Think there's, so so I've said a lot of negative. I do want to say, like, I do... What I do think that this film brings is, obviously, Johnny Depp has done a very different interpretation of the pirate character than anybody has yeah. ever done before. He's all charisma. He's and great. So he is. it is it is impressive to see even now you know 17 years later after this character has been kind of codified into the popular imagination and we we all just accept that Captain Jack Sparrow is this thing. I have a story about that um, in a second. That you know this was the film that introduced that and if you peel back and kind of think like well what what where did this character come it really didn't make sense and it's so strange and it's so it's just funny Keith Richards. yes right but whoever thought Keith Richards needed to be a pirate you know what i mean like it, it just makes a lot of sense if you ask me well good okay the, the, it didn't to me in a lot somebody of somebody who people. can't die that's like a big part <laughs> no, get, of pirate lore hey i i get w- w- that connection but it, but i'm just saying it was a fresh unique and to bring it to something that I think was otherwise pretty tired and, and dead kind of genre, to think yeah. that you could do that, amazing, right? And I do think the action sequences are well done. I mean, Cutthroat Island killed pirate movies. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, the, the Gina Davis. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Matthew Modine. Yes, there you go. Matthew Modine. Yeah, but yeah. 
Um, Rennie Harlan. Rennie Harlan, yeah, who was married to Gina Davis at the that's time. That's right, that's right. Um, you know, so, so I think that the, the, the Johnny Depp thing is great. I think that uh, in, in terms of, you, you know, trying to bring something a little bit more expansive to that and, and try to be serious about it, I, I just, that's where it kind of misfires for me, is that it just doesn't, like... Let it be a fun pirate movie and don't bog me down in the details of all these different things. Like, just get me to the fighting and the swashbuckling and the stealing each other's ships or each other's captives or walking the plank or whatever those things are going to be. Um, the widespread appeal of this movie is not a disqualifier because so was Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? So, but... A pirate movie, possibly. When you're watching... The movie from the first scene, and I haven't seen it since it. I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. I think I saw the first sequel. But you watched the it again for the podcast. Yeah, 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 no, I did. Yeah, I'm saying this is the first time I've watched it since it came out. And I remember the diminishing returns of the sequels. Oh, the sequels and I remember, are fucking I remember trash. stopping and saying, "This isn't just populist entertainment." Now, this is bad entertainment being digested purposefully. It's yeah. weird. It's a weird. The sequels are horrendous. Right. But and they still made a ton of dough. Anyway, so uh, it, it, watching it, you can see the fingerprints of the brand making in this movie. And that's my biggest <clears throat> problem with it. Hmm. Because why do you make a movie out of a ride to get more people to go on that ride? And so we're sure. going to redo the ride. So how do we do it? Well, we've got to have the male sex appeal, the female sex appeal, the, the huge set pieces, the... Horror, but not horrific. PG-13 level. Mm-hmm. And it's executed pretty perfectly. Uh, it is a little too long. But when I say perfectly, I'm talking about a product being introduced to a marketplace that the marketplace consumes and not a movie. I mean, you can totally smooth brain this movie, actually. I totally could have. But but it's not inviting I'm you I'm not to. seeing the cracks in it outside of the artifice of the whole thing. That's, that's my largest problem. I hope that, that I'm telling you it in a way that makes mm. sense. This movie is a boardroom created movie. It, I, it, it, it's all over it when I watch it. Mm. However, Johnny Depp's great. He's funny. Mm. And some of those set pieces are great and they do some funny things with the horror element and there's enough there. But not was to justify for the, the, the sequels. Not to justify for what? The... For effects? What, what was no, it? he Johnny Depp was nominated for. Was an he Oscar supporting well. actor for lead actor? Really? Best actor. Okay. Wow. Um, this I movie mean, comes in at number four in the highest grossing movies of two thousand and three, following number no. three. Yeah, number four, following Matrix Reloaded at number three. Okay. Finding Nemo, a perennial that was classic. The, that was the double feature. I went to the drive-in to see. Finding Nemo is the opening film, and then the uh, second film was Well, Pirates. that's why you fell asleep, is because Finding Nemo took so much out of you emotionally. Uh, you Finding needed... Nemo is an excellent film. It's a great And, movie. and I will rewatch that any day. Yeah. Same. Fantastic. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and number one being Lord of the Rings, Return of the oh. King. Oh, okay, yeah. There were some heavy hitters that year. I was going to say, I, I would have guessed this was at the Pirates top. Was number yeah. one. Interestingly enough, uh, Bruce Almighty was number five, which is interesting uh but matrix revolutions was number eight so two matrix movies in the top 10 this year uh well, and that must have been the hangover taken. right which one came out first 
Matrix re uh, Matrix Reloaded came out first, and then Revolutions came out after that. So did Revolutions come out at the end of the year, and they're only counting a little bit of the gross? Correct. Now? They're doing okay. calendar. Well, hold gross. on, hold on. Matrix Revolutions came out November fifth. So that's a full two months, which is an average theatrical run for a it blockbuster It is, but for those like blockbuster this. films that make global money, that I, I could imagine if you added in what it made the next year, it probably would go up the list. Well, let's see. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. No, it, no, it, 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 no? No. No, it just fizzled. It, okay. This, yeah. And Revolutions was pretty trash. Bad Boys 2 coming in at number 10. But Willie Stout <laughs> okay. had to put on for that. Um, I... That's a lot of big budget, big grossing films. Sure, you hear yeah. that list? That was crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And I left out X two, and Terminator three, Rise of the Machines. You can't leave out and X2 the last. It's the best X movie. And the last, uh, the last Samurai. It's undisputedly not the best. X-Men. That's a crazy <laughs> thing to say. Take it up with me. Um, I okay. You're right. It's too long. Oh, good. Okay, good. it is that yeah. that even we'll even somewhere for yeah. even as much as I enjoy this film, I still can acknowledge that it's too long. Okay. Um, the back half is where the fat needs to be trimmed because up until the point where uh, they try to, you know, bleed Elizabeth out with the gold mm-hmm. onto the thing, up until then, I feel like it's we're running at a blistering pace, just like. You know, there's a, a a small moment of reprieve for some character development. Fight scene, fall, small moment of reprieve for character development. Weird swashbuckling Tortuga fucking shit, the island mm-hmm. shit that's going on or whatever. And then we get some swashbuckling again, uh, and it's just like, and then it's when you know he gets marooned on the island yeah. Yeah. where things yeah. kind of start to slow down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but at that point, I. Am attached to Sparrow as a character, where I want him to—I don't know—do whatever it is that he wants to do. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want have him, a boat. I want him <laughs> a to, ship. I want him to have a boat. <laughs> like that's you know the black cur- the black pearl, if possible. Uh, if yeah. Po- if yeah. preferred, not necessary. <laughs> uh, the pirate uh, needs a boat. Yeah, and and I you know I I also like to see uh, that one guy be made a fool of, the Commodore Norrington guy. Yeah. Um, as much as I don't like Orlando Bloom, uh, the romance with him and Elizabeth is kind of nice. It's like, you know, the guy from, uh, you know, less than uh, me, you know, of, of little means, okay. you know, with the, is she royalty? Is I don't know, it doesn't really person, matter. A noble, noble person, daughter, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're checking romance off a box, because uh, off of a checklist, because they kiss at the end, but there's no romantic anything in the film outside of a pining from him for her. I was going to say, yeah, there is. I feel like she, at certain points, at they, least hints at some admiration. I mean, her character arc is going from pirates are gross to pirates are cool, right? He, so at well, the end is. of the day, she's kissing a pirate. But it was... But it was Will Hunter is cool before that Will when Turner. she had Will Turner, sorry, um, David, had, careful had right had saved him, and uh, and then that you know scene where he first comes in when he brings whatever the hell he's bringing to their house, what, what sword is, sword, thank the sword, you, yeah. yeah, and and she kind of oh it's you you know like the, there was there they're, was they, an attempt at building some friends. kind of like over the years there's this connection between mm-hmm. them. I think that they are friends. To me, th- that story, that subplot, didn't do a whole lot. It's it felt more obligatory than it did anything else. But I don't think it was because it was set up poorly. I think it was set up correctly. I think it was more just 
I, I don't find Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom to be great on-screen whoa, presences. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that was a crazy thing to say. We can agree on Orlando Bloom. Although in... What okay, I gotta know what what are the standout Kira Knightley roles that I'm It starts with Ben's uh Ben Ben it like Beckham like Beckham. That's okay. Then you can move on into love actually. No. See, I'll I'll jump off the train. I will I I could I will I will have to this year. Why? I've been with Kylie for three years. This is our third Christmas together. And y'all watch Love Actually every year? No, I never I've avoided it. He's avoided it, but now year number three. Your head is on the chopping block. I I I just I have to. Yeah. It's I've I put it off for a while. It yeah. has to, this is the year that it's happening. Well, um Kira Knightley is just very attractive. It's true. Of course. And she's got I mean, a great she's, accent. I, I think she's she charismatic. She does have a great accent. Okay, oh, back I like to Orlando her. Bloom. Lord of the Rings, I thought he was great in that cuz he was supposed to be an understated I don't talk much character. Also think he's not good in that. Movie. Okay. I just fucking but don't like him. He is the weak link in this movie. I also don't like Lord of the Rings. He's the weak link in the the cast of this film. Uh, I'm a fan of The Office from Britain, so I like uh seeing The guy whose eye pops out played yeah. Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Dwight counterpart. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name, Davis? but uh, no, if I know I that. It's just because I've read his name on the opening credits. To oh, is the it? Okay. So many times. Yeah. That's the best television show ever made. Hold on, I can. I can. Comedy. Uh, right, Mackenzie Crook. Mackenzie Crook. Mackenzie, Mackenzie Davis. Oh, to Mac Davis. I'm just thinking the country singer. Okay. I get them confused Mackenzie a Davis. lot. <laughs> anyway, I like seeing him in the film, but at the same time, you're seeing a cartoon being created right. in a boardroom for massive amounts of yeah, people. Yeah, it's a car- I mean, it is... Into, well, and I all think action movies are cartoonish. And Johnny Depp did that for a while. He, he well, went after I, that but with I Lone Ranger. He went after that with Willy Wonka. He went after that... What he did here was was an amazing thing where he took a project like that mm-hmm. and he did kick it into a different weird gear. Mm-hmm. This than, movie fails those without kind him. of projects. Yes. This right. movie falls without him flat no on its interest. face. No interest. Absolutely flat. Even as somebody that likes the movie and likes the elements of it that aren't Johnny Depp, I think without him needs to have him. What if Nicolas Cage had played the role? I'm all okay. That's the only other person that <laughs> can do it. Do you have to age up the rest of the cast? Absolutely or should we do that not. now? No, absolutely okay. not. Well, they, they, you, you can know, put De- Nicholas Depp and Cage aren't all that different in age. They are. They're, they're probably a couple years apart. And, okay, well, let's find out. <laughs> hold on, let's do an over under first. Johnny Depp is the over under is five. Hold on, five years. Over or under? Are they less than five years? Or I think over less five than years? five years. What about? What do you? The, 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 you, you know the answer already. I do. Oh, I'm gonna say over just for fun. Okay. I'm gonna put a beer on it. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Depp is 57. Uh-huh. He was born on June 9th. 1963, fellow uh-huh. Gemini. Makes sense why I like him so much. Uh-huh. Uh, and Nicolas Cage, January 7th, 1964. He's 56. Well, he's, he's younger. Younger. Cage, Cage is, younger. is younger. Okay, so we wouldn't need to age anybody no. up. Cage is younger than Depp? <laughs> Cage is younger by that like seven or eight months. amazing to believe. Although Johnny Depp, he's been through a lot recently. He's starting to really get a little more grizzled. Well, yes. This and, is, you know, 17 years ago, Johnny Depp we're looking at. He's a little anorexic, always has been. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely not anymore. He's filled out quite a bit yeah, since uh, he joined yeah. the Hollywood vampire. But, but so this was, you know, an amazing film from that standpoint where you're getting to see this, you know, really... Uh, you know, pretty interesting actor who's chosen 
idiosyncratic roles throughout mm-hmm. his career jump into this huge project that on its surface seems like the most commercial money grab sort of film if it to works. make. If it works, right. But I'm just saying like, you know, it seems like the most cynical kind of approach to movie making. Like, hey, here's this amusement park ride that is much beloved by people around the world. Let's make a movie based on it. You know, mm-hmm. like th- th- it doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you're just looking at the bottom line and like, oh, this makes oh, money. I at think they were looking parks. at, like I said, brand right, creation. Right. Do we can yeah. enhance this part of our brand sure. if we do this? And then they. But get knocked out of the but park then from you that get, point of but view. But then you get Johnny Depp in there doing something so strange mm-hmm. in the context that works so well and to me becomes really the only really enjoyable part of the film. Uh-huh. And I think for many, I mean I don't I don't I don't think I'm alone on that that regard. But um to see him do that is pretty amazing. Now again, that kind of set off this trajectory where he went on and did more of the, you know, obviously more Pirates movies, but then, you know, Joe, you already mentioned The Lone Ranger, which was also with Gore Verbinski, which was a huge failure. A huge flop. Um, and, and, you know, it, I don't know. He's never quite been able to pull off this thing again, I don't think. I think, yeah. And if you're an actor who's lucky enough to get one, that's okay. No, I think, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that he was able to even do it. Sure. Is an amazing feat, but it's not something it seems like that can be replicated very easily. Enjoyable. I completely understand why it rode the wave that it did. I was glad to see an audience begin to kind of give it diminishing returns uh, when they maybe clued in that these aren't a aren't as good as they used to be, and b well, they've made what is it five of them now? I think they're at at this point. Yeah, Yeah. I Um, mean, there everyone after the first is shit. Yeah, I I definitely saw. At least but they were the third event one. weekends. The oh, new sure. Pirates yeah, movie yeah, for yeah. a while was they as were. big as Marvel at the time. Yeah, uh, just for inflation. But yeah, this is pre-Marvel. This, just for attendance. Inflation. These were huge. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. Um, motherfucker. <laughs> well, I thought I was gonna get the uh, franchise. Fucking okay. So Pirates of the Caribbean. Curse of Black Pearl, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, At World's End, On Stranger Tides, and Dead Man Tell No Tales. That's one, two, three. I, I've four, seen five, four, two, five, maybe yeah. three. Is Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley in all five of them? At some point, Penelope Cruz gets involved. Oh, um, yeah. I think that's Stranger Tides. She proved herself yeah, in Sahara Penelope and got Grant. to cross over into the big, bigger world. And this was an uh, the, uh, the, one, one little small nugget. Javier Bardem is in one of them too. Oh wow! Watching this again, I didn't know who <laughs> Zoe Saldana was uh-huh. when I saw this. I didn't either. And when so she seeing her up, show yeah. up, it was kind of oh wow! That was that yeah. was an early Zoe Saldana. Very and she was pretty young. That so was I. As soon as she popped up as like the one female crew member, yeah. I I like elbowed Kylie and I was like, oh shit! It's Fucking, it's always other. Yeah, uh, definitely at a time. You know, I will. Admit, uh, I won't admit this, be, uh, because I do think it's a good movie. But I, I will acknowledge that part of my fondness for this film comes with going to see it with my father at a young age. Yep. Now, my dad is a man who unironically enjoys Cutthroat Island. He thinks that that is a good movie. Oh. He would be pirate influence. He loves pirate movies. Oh, wow. And so... What's his favorite one? Cutthroat Island? Cutthroat Island. Okay. It's either Cutthroat Island or the Robert Shaw vehicle, We've Swashbuckler. Or Swashbuckler. Island on wow. this show, believe it or not. That's amazing. Yeah. In the flops back in like... 
It's in the oh, first ten yeah. episodes. Yeah, that's right. Huh. I forgot Along about that. Along with Hudson Hawk. Ethan, that's right? right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Seems like oh, a my thousand God. years ago. Yeah, it? I think. Yeah, I think. Okay, <laughs> I remember well, Ethan being really excited. I about knew that there would be. That does help it make sense. No, I knew it because yeah. of the age. I mean, yeah. Carlos is I was in the 11. sweet spot for this. Well, this film. is yeah, both these films. It's I mean, there were scary, two years back to back, 2011, came out, and and I think I think also. I'm speculating about this because I have a really terrible memory. Yeah. And most of my childhood, I honestly do not remember. Um, except for the traumatic moments, fun. Uh, <laughs> but I think that Mr. Deeds, because, like you said, I mean, you watched it with your girls and they're like f- fairly young. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like, you know, I had. S- I'd probably seen Billy Madison at like my friend's house. Like his older sister got us a VHS copy or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And. So I like was interested in Adam sure. Sandler as this kind of like oh I'm not supposed to be watching this or whatever and then <laughs> and then Mr. Deeds because you know some of his stuff is inappropriate for like a small yeah no he definitely yeah and and so Mr. Deeds comes out and I was like oh yeah you can see this because it's a fairly wholesome film see, you know I, when I was, and so I was like ooh I get to, <laughs> I get to watch this oh <laughs> when I was in, to the VIP section sir. <laughs> Look at some dates, but I feel like when I was in college was when Sandler's comedy albums were coming out. No, sure, yeah, I was in high school, so I think that was a subversive uh, comic in that age group. We knew him from Saturday Night Live, but his records were filthy. You know, uh, put the shampoo bottle up your ass. I mean, the whole like, you know, it was great, hilarious. Yeah. So when those first two album movies came out, and they put enough stuff like a like a. Uh, romantic interest and you know yeah he began learning the formula of how to get as many people to the film as possible right not just the goofy and the sandler part right but the elements of it yeah and i feel like when i going back to the first film sorry that the the adam sandler formula was in effect here and that he needed some of those other films to get onto a film set where he wasn't in control and that formula didn't exist and it's good always when he goes back to that well. So we like the guy. Yeah. I just feel like he puts out like a product that's mass produced, but it's a mass that's it's a produced for a mass that I'm not involved in. I'm, yeah. I'm not. You are no of. longer a part of it. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, that's beer. That's okay. <laughs> so as we've prattled on here about all our thoughts and opinions and our good many little gifts and virtues... We return back to the Conceited Genius 2.0 to check in and say whether or not we enjoyed this. And I, I would say this one gets a, uh, this one gets a pass from me. I'm enjoying it. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's a good hazy. I don't think it's super fruity or juicy, uh, but that's okay. It's also not super bitter. It's very easy drinker for me. Um, we each have our own can. Yeah, did they, were they all from the same? They had to have been from the same batch. Yeah, I'm yeah. August yeah. Uh, 27. 27. Yeah, yeah. yeah. of this year. Oh, yeah, it's a little, it's a little past its prime as an IPA goes. Yeah. We're we're recording in late November, so yeah, it's a little past where you'd want. Do you want to be the tiebreaker? Because I've got a, a, I don't have a good feeling about this beer at all. Okay. Really? Yeah. Hey, I mean, I was going to say that if we're grading on a pass fail scale, this yeah. one passes for okay. me. It, I mean, it's not. Uh, valedictorian or anything like that you know it's not uh you know top 10 percent of its class have you ever thought you were gonna drink one thing and it's another but it's such a stark difference that did you it, ever, like really shocks and freaks you out did you ever watch i think you should leave 
Yeah. That series. There's a sketch show. Yeah, it's a Tim Robinson sketch show. There's a sketch where this girl brings her boyfriend over for a game night with her friends, and he's like this older guy, kind of schlubby, Mm -hmm. um, like oddly specific jazz connoisseur. And at one point, he's like something says he's hungry, and they're like, "Oh, I can get you some of this." And he's like, "Actually, I saw some. I saw some gazpacho soup in your fridge." could I have some of that? And she was like, yeah, sure, I guess. And like, he like makes her go get him this soup or whatever. And she gives it to him and he takes a, takes a, a spoonful, a spoonful of it. I, I want to say sip, but that doesn't feel right. No. Um, and he's like, Oh my God. Ah, like, and he starts freaking out and his girlfriend, his girlfriend's like, what? And she's like, I just burnt my tongue. And she's like, but I just got that out of the fridge. It's like, it's cold. cold. Too. It's yeah. like, it's like yeah. cold. And he's like, yeah, but if you think you're about to, yeah. Take in if, if if you think you're about to eat something that's room temp, and it's cold, it does the same thing as Bernie, like making this really <laughs> weird argument because he's just like this weird, like, weird imagine, specific like, guy, and so it's kind of like that. Reaching for an opaque glass of milk, uh-huh. but it's really orange juice. Your mind goes, "Whoa, it's yeah, a yeah, weird yeah, thing." Yeah, yeah. This is like a glass of carbonation. This beer is bad. What? See, see, as soon as you said a going for a glass of, of milk and then getting yeah. orange juice, I immediately knew you were going to be wrong about whatever you said about this beer. So this, this is like a glass of carbonation. I feel like I could be having a cilantro Beers are carbonated. Moment. Do you know? No, I, I don't, don't know. know. You, know you know how like when you drink sparkling water, but you think it's going to be water and that carbonation is the... That's what's happening. Like in, this in Ted Lasso? Have you, have you all started no, watching that? Yet, but I yet. feel like I'm maybe having a cilantro moment where I've got some kind of huh. gene that this beer is not going to attract with. Hmm. But you just feel like it's overly carbonated. I, I don't feel I that I have at all. not poured more beer into my glass and I've drank this much from that from up there. I did not enjoy this Because it's at too all. bubbly. No, it tastes like carbon. It tastes like carbon. It tastes like... like carbonic acid. Yeah, the, it tastes... The, yeah. This beer's not right. Hmm. I don't get that at all. But I hate to say that out loud. If y'all, well, no, I mean that's hey, that's what we do on this show. We express our opinions. The only the only joke I could come up with is maybe the 1.0 was good, (laughs) and the 2.0 they they messed with the formula. I hope you're having a lot of success with this beer. I like the can. I don't know. That's sad. I I mean, I certainly I would not put this in. It's not a top tier beer. It's not a top. No, not a top tier IPA, but. It's good like, for me. For me, it's like yeah, if I'm if I'm, if I'm going, you know, good. like I said, it was a pass. Um, if I'm going on a point or like if I'm doing a ten point scale, I think it's probably somewhere around a six or a seven. Oh wow, okay, good. But you know, like very drinkable, very like if if it was a beer on tap at a bar and I walked in, that was my IPA option. I'd be oh yeah, cool, that's good. I'll I'll take one of those. That kind of beer. It's not one that I'm going to go searching for, yeah. but um, you get but this. I thought it was and good. And, I, and I'm not get getting it. this off flavor, carbonic. Off flavor. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. But there we go. I think it's I think it's fairly good. Um, <laughs> but, a lot of differences of opinion this episode. Yeah. We, we we do not align perfectly all the time. It's good. You know, it's good it's that good. we go through these episodes sometimes because. When we agree too much, it feels a little like, well, geez, what are we even bringing to this? Yeah, so, I, that that was how our, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, our possessor discussion was. Is we we're just like, yeah, this movie's good, and we we're just like, yeah, you're right, it's good. 
Yeah. All right. Well, there we, we go. We, now? There we just <laughs> have to expound upon. We're, we're, there we're selling our listeners. Like you need Josh, to see this. Josh movie. came in the shop and he was like, he was like, man, I'm glad you said that about possessor or whatever. And I was like, yes, yeah, somebody also thinks that we should dismantle capitalism. <laughs> um, anyway, do you want to dismantle capitalism? <laughs> uh, let us know on all of our social media channels. The best way to do that is to go to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you agree with me that these are good movies and that, uh, Joe and David are fuddy duddies for not being able to find the joy in mindless cinema? That's the joy. That's what you brought to the episode, but I don't think that's what David and I delivered. Okay. That's fair. Um, (laughs) <laughs> let us know Fun you find guys. us on twitter at beer movie show instagram at beer and a movie facebook.com slash beer and a movie tx beer and movie podcast.com is where you can find a link to listen to all of our past episodes absolutely for free and also as joe just mentioned you can find us on patreon.com slash beer and movie podcast we're going to talk a little bit more maybe about these films maybe about these beers maybe about other things in just a moment and then that will be posted as a bonus episode on our patreon page uh five dollars a month gets you a free bonus episode every single week you can donate less if you like but you won't get those bonus episodes and if you're really if you really got it like that if your pockets run that deep you can always donate more and feel like oh yeah i went above and beyond my call of duty in this situation um i'm not here to tell you how to live your life but give us money (laughs) um anyhow uh this has been mr deeds this has been pirates of the caribbean another great episode of beer in a movie Until next time. He is not a dipstick. He is kind, sweethearted guy who we think is a dipstick because he doesn't have our sense of cynicism and negativity that we always put into the news to make it sell. (laughs) 